Good morning, everyone, and welcome to this service uh, on the third Sunday of Lent. We're doing something a little different today, and I appreciate the fact that you're joining us here for this dispersed congregation of people worshiping together. And uh, it's what we have to do in this time. It's necessary in order for us to do our part to help stop the spread of this uh, coronavirus that's uh, affecting the whole world now. So thank you for what you're doing by staying home today to protect our community and those you love. <clears throat> because we cannot gather for Eucharist, we're doing some things differently. You're, you have a bulletin that has been uh, a copy of it sent to you also. If you would like to follow along while you're watching the broadcast or the uh, recording here, you might want to print it out. Or if you have two screens, you might be able to see one on one and, and, one, and the other on a separate screen. Uh, it is a morning prayer service. We're used to gathering for Eucharist, but we cannot share communion right now. So we're doing the morning prayer service from the Book of Common Prayer, which will be new to some of you and not to others. But uh, we welcome you to join in, follow along. We have a skeleton crew here helping us with our leading our worship today. We want to thank the choir members and Mark David Obenza, our choral director, for helping not only to direct the music, but also to do the recording for this event. And we'll do this in the coming Sundays until further notice. But uh, please follow along. You've got the hymns and everything uh, there that you'll need to join right in. I hope you'll do that, sitting around your table or wherever you are this morning. And uh, let's just imagine ourselves uh, with the company of saints uh, transcending time and place uh, together, uh, worshiping and glorifying God together on this day. I invite you to join in in the silences with your own prayers. And pray for one another, pray for our congregation, pray for our city and our region and for the whole world and especially all those who are affected by this coronavirus. We'll keep you posted on other things that we'll be doing. Uh, we do have uh, regular updates on Facebook about what's happening. We invite you to tune into that. And yes, you can do that even if you are not a Facebook user. Uh, we've sent a link so that you can uh, do that and find other announcements that are happening. So uh, please join in. I will be starting in just a moment and welcome you to this third Sunday of Lent as we uh, worship together here. Thank you.
If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us confess our sins against God and our neighbor. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy upon you, forgive you all your sins through our Lord Jesus Christ, strengthen you in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep you in eternal life. Amen. Lord, open our lips, and our mouth shall proclaim your praise. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. Come, let us adore him.
A reading from the book of Exodus. From the wilderness of sin, the whole congregation of the Israelites journeyed by stages, as the Lord commanded. They camped at Rephidim, but there was no water for the people to drink. The people quarreled with Moses and said, Give us water to drink. Moses said to them, Why do you quarrel with me? Why do you test the Lord? But the people thirsted there for water, and the people complained against Moses and said, Why did you bring us out of Egypt to kill us and our children and livestock with thirst? So Moses cried out to the Lord, What shall I do with this people? They are almost ready to stone me. The Lord said to Moses, Go on ahead of the people and take some of the elders of Israel with you. Take in your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile and go. I will be standing there in front of you on the rock at Horeb. Strike the rock, and water will come out of it, so that the people may drink. Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. He called the place Massa and Meribah, because the Israelites quarreled and tested the Lord, saying, Is the Lord among us or not? The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I will sing to the Lord, for he is lofty and uplifted. The horse of his rider has he hurled into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my refuge. The Lord has become my Savior. This is my God, and I will praise him. The God of my people, and I will exalt him. The Lord is a mighty warrior. Yahweh is his name. The chariots of Pharaoh and his army has he hurled into the sea. The finest of those who bear armor have been drowned in the Red Sea. The fathomless deep has overwhelmed them. They sank into the depths like a stone. Your right hand, O Lord, is glorious in might. Your right hand, O Lord, has overthrown the enemy. Who can be compared with you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you, glorious in holiness, awesome in renown, and worker of wonders? You stretched forth your right hand. The earth swallowed them up. With your constant love, you led the people you redeemed. With your might, you brought them in safety to your holy dwelling. You will bring them in and plant them. On the mount of your possession. The resting place you have made for yourself, O Lord. The sanctuary, O Lord, that your hand has established. The Lord shall reign. Forever and forever. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, will be forever. Amen. A reading from the letter to the Romans. Since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have obtained access to this grace, in which we stand, and we boast in our hope of sharing the glory of God. And not only that, but we also boast in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not disappoint us, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. Indeed, rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person someone might actually dare to die. But God proves his love for us in that, we, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. 
Much more surely then, now that we have been justified by his blood, we will be saved through him for the wrath of God, from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the son, death of his son, much more surely, having been reconciled, we will be saved by his life. But more than that, even we boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we now have received reconciliation. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel. He has come to his people and set them free. He has raised up for us a mighty Savior. Born of the house of his servant David. Through his holy prophets, he promised of old that he would save us from our enemies. From the hands of all who made us. He promised to show mercy to our fathers. And to remember his holy covenant. This was the oath he swore to our father Abraham. To set us free from the hands of our enemies. Free to worship him without fear. Holy in righteousness in sight all days of our life. You, my child, shall be called the prophet of the Most High. For you will go before the Lord to prepare his way. To give his people knowledge of salvation. By the forgiveness of your sins. In the tender compassion of our God. The dawn from on high shall break upon us. To shine on those who dwell in darkness and the shadow of death. And to guide our feet into the way of peace. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, it is now, and will be forever. Amen. A reading from the Gospel of John. Jesus came to a Samaritan city called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired out by his journey, was sitting by the well. It was about noon. A Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. His disciples had gone to the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, how is it that you, a Jew, ask a drink of me, a woman of Samaria? Jews do not share things in common with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God, and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have no bucket, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our ancestor Jacob, who gave us the well, and with his sons and his flocks drank from it? Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but those who drink of the water that I will give them will never be thirsty. The water that I will give will become in them a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, Give me this water so that I may never be thirsty or have to keep coming here to draw water. Jesus said to her, Go, call your husband and come back. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You are right in saying, I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true. The woman said to him, Sir, I see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, 
But you say that the place where people must worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will worship the Father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming, and is now here, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father seeks such as these to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will proclaim all things to us. Jesus said to her, I am he, the one who is speaking to you. Just then his disciples came. They were astonished that he was speaking with a woman. But no one said, what do you want? Or why are you speaking with her? Then the woman left her water jar and went back to the city. She said to the people, come and see a man who told me everything I have ever done. He cannot be the Messiah, can he? They left the city and were on their way to him. Meanwhile, disciples were urging him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. So the disciples said to one another, Surely no one has brought him something to eat. Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to complete his work. Do you not say, Four months more, then comes the harvest. But I tell you, look around you and see how the fields are ripe for harvesting. The reaper is already receiving wages and is gathering fruit for eternal life, so that sower and reaper may rejoice together. For here the saying holds true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you do not labor. Others have labored, and you have entered into their labor. Many Samaritans from that city believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I have ever done. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days, and many more believed because of his word. They said to the woman, It is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this is truly the Savior of the world. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Welcome, everyone, to week two of Church in the Age of the Novel Coronavirus. Whoever dreamed that our Sunday services could be taken away from us and that we would be meeting like we are here today over the Internet. I don't remember anything in my lifetime with the potential for such a disruption as we have experienced in just these past few weeks. From the rapid decline of financial markets, to the strict limits on social contact, and to the potential for isolation and loneliness. And today, even though we cannot be together for Eucharist as we are accustomed to, we are doing what we can to continue together to pray, to sing, and to hear and meditate upon the scriptures. 
In today's reading from the Gospel of John, we see a picture of a woman who is isolated and alone. There's a lot more than six feet of distance between her and her neighbors. There's no one else in sight until Jesus shows up. A woman drawing water from the village well in the heat of the day was almost certainly being shunned for some reason. It may not have been for health reasons, perhaps more likely, especially given what we learn about her in the course of the story, she was someone the other women did not want to be seen with at the well. So she couldn't come to the well in the cooler parts of the day without facing the shunning and the shaming that they would throw her way. It's pretty clear before we know anything else about her that she lives a very lonely life. Yes, she was lonely, like so many people passing quietly through this world, perhaps like some of us sitting at home alone today. Interesting that Jesus would choose such a person to start up a conversation with, and the contrast with the gospel we heard last Sunday could hardly be sharper. Last week, you'll remember, Jesus met after dark with Nicodemus, a man of high standing and a Pharisee. This week at noonday with a woman and a Samaritan of low standing. And under normal circumstances, if a man were just passing through Samaria, and that would be a big if for a proper observant Jewish man, he might have stopped for water at the village well. That's not likely either but he certainly would not have talked to this stranger. Not if he were observing the customs of his day and of his people. What happens here is remarkable, not only for the content of the conversation and the spiritual insights imparted in it about the water of life and the revelations also about her personal life, but the fact that it happened at all, that someone stopped, noticed her, looked at her, and started a conversation with her. And that can mean so very much to someone who is lonely. Most of us probably have felt lonely at some point in our life for any number of reasons. And if you haven't, you're one of the lucky ones. Social scientists write about a rising tide of loneliness in modern society, even as the population increases and becomes denser and denser and as the speed and frequency of communication increases, and as social media link us in with one another more and more, it has become so obvious to most of us in our politically divisive and challenging times that even for all of the statistics on how much more connected we have become, social media are actually contributing to greater fragmentation in society as we cluster ourselves more and more with people whose attitudes and values and interests are more and more like our own, and less and less do we have to work at living with and relating to and getting along with those who may not share our ideas and our values. Add on to that the fact that we don't have the same kind of cohesive family units living in close proximity to each other as we once did in our society, And we can find ourselves becoming isolated and, yes, very often lonely, even in the midst of a busy city. Whether it is the loneliness of age or of contemporary culture or the loneliness of ancient exclusionary practices, 
or the effects of a global health crisis. Loneliness can be cruel. But Jesus saw a lonely woman, and he did what few others would have done. He spoke to her. And perhaps more importantly, he drew her out, engaged her in a conversation, and he listened to her. He showed that he understood her and that he respected her for who she was. And like his conversation with Nicodemus that we heard last week, Jesus gets around to talking about spirit. Your people, he said, worship on Mount Gerizim. My people worship on the mountain in Jerusalem. But, he says, the time is coming when none of this is going to matter one bit because God is spirit and is really looking for people who worship in spirit and in truth. Now, she got very excited to realize that this wasn't going to be just another self-justifying and self-righteous person trying to convince her of his own truth, but that she, would be, she could be who she was and still be accepted, even with her complicated past and all of her other religious and racial and social differences. She got so excited that she left her water jar and she ran back to the city to tell everyone about this amazing man she had just met. It was clearly a moving experience for her. Something in her had changed through this encounter. Some may not like the fact that we cannot gather right now for the Eucharist, and I'm one of them, frankly. But I do take heart from what Jesus says to this woman at the well. Your people worship on Mount Gerizim. My people worship on the mountain in Jerusalem. But he says, the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father seeks such as these to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. In other words, the time is coming when none of this is going to matter one bit. The details and particularities of our religious practices are important, yes, but only insofar as they point us to the one who is at the heart of it all. And Jesus says that God is spirit, and that spirit is love. What matters above all else is that we embody that spirit of love, which is God. As I've been walking around the streets of Seattle these past few days, empty as those streets are, comparatively speaking, I've been especially aware of the faces of the people that I pass, and I've tried to take the opportunity to catch people's eyes and to say hello, something we don't always do walking around in a big city. But I've noticed the smile that comes across most faces when I do that. It helps to lighten the burden we feel, to see a face that is sharing the same burdens we share in this moment, to experience a brief hint of recognition and solidarity. We can each do that in our own way and in our own context, even if you're confined to a retirement community right now or some other location at home or elsewhere. Offer the unexpected gift of shared love and community, whatever else it might be that stands between us, gender, religion, politics, class, race, or coronavirus. 
Let our worship be the sharing of God's love in every little corner of our lives. Maybe that is our big takeaway from this experience, to be able to see and to experience things just a little bit differently because of what we're going through now. To remember how important the small things really are. To reach out to one another and to be the presence of love in their midst. To call that out in one another and to do as Jesus did in his encounter with the woman at the well. To bridge the gaps that divide us and keep us separate from one another too often. It is a gift that we can offer one another, and it can be a powerful thing to liberate us from our loneliness and our isolation. So we all have some homework this week. Find at least one person you don't know and say, hi, how are you doing? Call someone on the phone and let them know that you're thinking of them. Ask them how they are. I know it can feel a little bit like breaking a social taboo just to do something like that out of the blue. But go ahead, try it. Even if you're an introvert, all you have to do after that is listen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. your mercy, O Lord, and grant us your salvation. Clothe your ministers with righteousness. Let your people sing with joy. Give peace, O Lord, in all the world, for only you can be in safety. Lord, keep this nation under your care, and guide us in the way of justice and truth. Let your way be known upon earth, your saving help from all nations. Let not the needy, O Lord, be forgotten, nor the Create in us clean hearts, O God, and sustain us with your Holy Spirit. Almighty God, you know that we have no power in ourselves to help ourselves. Keep us both outwardly in our bodies and inwardly in our souls, that we may be defended from all adversities which may happen to the body and from all evil thoughts which may assault and hurt the soul. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> o God, you make us glad with the weekly remembrance of the glorious resurrection of your Son, our Lord. 
Give us this day such blessing through our worship of you that the week to come may be spent in your favor through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. O God, you have made of one blood all the peoples of the earth and sent your blessed Son to preach peace to those who are far off and to those who are near. Grant that people everywhere may seek after you and find you. Bring the nations into your fold. Pour out your Spirit upon all flesh and hasten the coming of your kingdom through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. At this time, I invite you to join in offering your intercessions and thanksgivings to Almighty God. Let us pray for all those on our parish prayer list for Tom, Jean, Marion, Mary Grace, Ben, Carol, Lynn, Mary Lou, Jean Ann, Melissa, Julie, Cokie, Todd, John, Karen, Mary, Al, Robin, Don, and Carl, CJ, Aja, Ashley, and all those others that you would like to name before God at this time. Let us offer our prayers for the leaders of our nation and of the world at this very difficult and challenging time. Let us pray for all who are affected by the coronavirus and for all those who care for them in hospitals and nursing homes and in other places. And I invite you now to pray for all those other needs that are on our hearts at this time. Let us give thanks to God for the blessings of our lives. And now let us join together in the general thanksgiving. Almighty God, Father of all mercies, we, your unworthy servants, give you humble thanks for all your goodness and loving kindness to us and to all whom you have made. We bless you for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life, but above all for your immeasurable love in the redemption of the world by our Lord Jesus Christ, for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. And we pray, give us such an awareness of your mercies that with truly thankful hearts we may show forth your praise not only with our lips but in our lives by giving up ourselves to your service and by walking before you in holiness and righteousness all our days. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be honor and glory throughout all ages. Amen. Almighty God, you have given us grace at this time with one accord to make our common supplication to you. And you have promised through your well-beloved Son that when two or three are gathered together in his name, you will be in the midst of them. Fulfill now, O Lord, our desires and petitions as may be best for us, granting us in this world knowledge of your truth, and in the age to come, life everlasting. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. 
Thanks be to God. May the God of hope fill us with all joy and peace in believing through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.